Hulk Smash. You're listening to Infinity Rewatch with Andrew Fantasia and Ryan J. Whitehead as they rewatch the MCU in full and discuss like no one else. This podcast is inevitable. Here are Andrew and Ryan J. Whitehead. Welcome back, guys, for another episode of Infinity Rewatch. I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew, and we're rewatching Infinity. That's what we do here. Watch it. You know who does the intro? Uh, both of us do. No, 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 no not our intro. Uh, who introduces our show? Oh, that's Aaron. Aaron. That, that's that's James's wife, Aaron. Oh, bless yeah. her heart. Just oh, such that voice just brings such energy, and I love it. So yes, thank you, Aaron, for that lovely intro. And here we are, Infinity Rewatch. Now we're on to Thor. We're already blitzing through, like phase one here. We're pretty much done, almost wrapped up here. We're at the the Disney buyout point. The Disney point. buyout point, and oh my God, Thor. So oh. Thor is your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Oh my god. It's your your fiance's favorite movie of all time. Yeah. It's probably everybody's favorite movie of all time. It it is. It is. It really it really showed who loves the Marvel Cinematic Universe and who hates Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. And let me tell you, you know, uh whomsoever be worthy to watch this film mm. shall be possessed <laughs> shall possess the power of Thor. Shall uh, possess the patience of Thor. But, yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Um yeah, it's not uh it's not the best one mm-hmm. i think no. that's that's the gentlest way to put it it's not the best one is it the worst we'll get to that um i now i have i have fond memories of i i saw this with my dad yes um yeah. and he and i would go see movies a lot that was our thing and we didn't see all the marvel movies together because he was a he was a comic book guy like he liked spider-man and stuff but he wasn't like hardcore into the mcu right but i saw this with him and i saw the first avengers with him and i remember dad really laughing like hard like really getting a kick out of when when thor is on earth and the shield guys have him right and he wakes up in the hospital or whatever and they're you know they're, like they're no one touched like, how dare you <laughs> my dad just lost it oh that's an <laughs> so awesome i always memory. think of him when 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 i think of this how movie. dare you touch the son of a <laughs> i mean okay so that like we'll get into that but let's start let's start off with some of the hard facts about this movie mm-hmm. um so when we last left iron man 2 uh colson who's kind of driving the narrative with nick theory here about connecting all the avengers um he heads to new mexico and it and it's beautiful because it's the land of enchantment yes, it is. uh well said there and the hammer uh it, la- it shows the picture of the hammer and again comic book fans your minds are exploding because yeah we're getting into thor and my brother and i uh, uh, my brother and i who do a podcast called brother skirim we were so excited because we we do love some of the more cosmic side of marvel mm-hmm. and i was really excited to see how far because we've been we're used to new york now we're used to new york we get it you know we get that it's the center of the universe at this point and we're excited for thor and we're like oh my god they can get so weird and man was it tame it was such a tame movie it was very very tame and it, it had that like there was i remember rumblings of because i didn't know much about asgard and the myth of asgard before mm-hmm. this but i remember rumblings of, of hardcore fans saying like this could be Marvel's answer to the Lord of the Rings. Yes, yeah, and and it was actually it was a pretty big cast this time. Oh, like in terms of like 
star power, it was pretty big. I mean, Chris Hemsworth was still very under the radar type, but you have Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. who's was pretty big at this time. We're talking like Black Swan, I think was. Yeah, the... this was Black Swan. This was well past Star Wars, so she was already like a, a well, big, big name. Well established, uh, well established actress at this point, or actor, sorry. Um, and and they also had Kat Dennings, who had a very successful comedy show, and she was doing really well. Um, so they had some big star power in this. And the guy, the director they had, whose name escapes me at the moment, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. He's a huge Shakespeare director. Yeah. So we're like, like, damn, this is going to be like romance novel grade Thor storytelling. Yeah, I thought when they cast cast when they hired Kenneth Branagh, I remember thinking like. Ooh, that's a nice fit because mm. it's Shakespearean. He's he's got that sort of vibe in this story, so it's not like he's out of his element. Plus, he's got Hopkins, who is a Shakespeare guy, yeah. there playing, who is perfectly cast as Odin. I mean, he's basically playing the same character he played oh, as yeah. Wolf, but it doesn't. Oh matter. yeah, I I mean, I would be remiss not to mention that they had Anthony Hopkins playing Odin, mm. which is huge. You would not at the time, and again, like this is where superhero movies still haven't broken the ground yet in terms of being like like the film like like where it is today in terms of success and everything so for anthony hopkins to say yes to this film is pretty epic but i think it's because he had a good relationship with uh, kenneth so yeah yeah it's uh but it had all the right players that's for sure and they had even another famous shakespearean guy who is canadian mr colm fior playing the ice giant the frost giant really and uh i don't know if you recall but when mm. we were in college when we were in acting college because Confior is a canadian guy they loved to sing his praise any canadian actors like like gordon pinson all, the, all those canadian people our teachers our professors loved to just shower them with praise because right. they were canadian actors yeah and at one point we had to watch this video i don't know if you remember this but it was literally a video about Confior talking about like this is why I'm such a good actor. And it's literally just him bragging in this whole video. There was like a shot of him sitting in an armchair being very still as the camera zooms in on his face, like not moving. And he's just doing like a voiceover, like stillness is the art of the craft. And Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, that's so bad. Uh, and honestly, and it sucks too. Cause like, I don't, I don't remember the actor who played, uh, the frost giant at all. I mean, okay, so let's. So, is there any any other technical things we should hit on before we get into the nitty gritty of the movie? Because I, I, this guys, I know we've teased it before, but I really want to rip this movie. A good one. Yeah. Um. One one thing I wanted to ask. It's not really technical, but it, mm. it has to do with the 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 Marvel mythos here. Okay. I was trying to figure out throughout the course of the movie, and I didn't get very far. What are the nine? realms and i got as far as five of them i've got asgard and midgard mm-hmm. um jodenheim which I'm, i think is where the ice giants yep. live elfheim which i'm assuming is where the elves are from and something called vanaheim mm-hmm. which i'm assuming is where vanna white comes from <laughs> that's literally it that's all i got um okay so you're missing niflheim niflheim uh, yeah Nif- land of the niffles land of the niffles um uh you also have uh Oh my God! I'm gonna have to bust out the the phone oh, for this there you one. Go look it up. Uh, no, because you have there was there was a, one that was really important. Um, uh, nine. I think Niflheim was in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, if I remember right. I think mm-hmm. you go to Niflheim and you fight 
monsters. Um, so yeah, you had uh, yeah uh, Midgard was one uh, Musselheim. Now that one's an interesting one. So Musselheim, all gyms everywhere. Yeah, no Musselheim is uh, essentially hell. Is, oh, okay. And that's where Mephisto is. That's where Surtur is. I was just going to say, is that where Surtur has him chained yeah, up? Yeah, that's where Surtur's chained up. Oh, okay. Niflheim is de- the land of the dead. Okay. So that's where Hela is from, or where Hela is supposed to be from. Um, and uh, Nadavalir is like the, uh, I think it's the Dark Elves. Um, and Vanaheim is the Light Elves. And then so... So and then you have that? Jotunheim. Mm. Uh, Jotunheim is the other one. Uh, or is that the one you were thinking was Jotunheim? Maybe. Yeah, Jotunheim. Yeah, that's Jotunheim. Uh, and then there's... Uh, oh, my God. I can't pronounce the other one. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So the important ones to note here is definitely Jotunheim. Uh, Muscleheim is the interesting one. Uh, there's, again... If you watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, there's a great episode on Muscleheim. Have you watched it yet? I must. You, I must. I, this is like the 10th billion time I've told you. Is but, it still on Netflix or did they get moved No, it's Disney on Disney Plus. Plus. That's on to Disney Plus now? Okay. No, it's always been. Well, yeah, well, no, it has been on Netflix too, yeah. Yeah, because that's where you first showed it to me was yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, okay. so. I've, I've been watching Gargoyles oh, on great Disney show. Plus. Great yeah. show. Oh, gosh. Plus, there's big news, but we'll get we'll get to that in a later a later podcast episode because like we record these in bulks. Yes. So you guys got to bear with us. It's but like they're... when you go to the bulk candy store. You're not just going to come here and get one sour key. We're giving you a, a, bag, a bag full of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the Nine Realms was there. So, yeah, Musselheim is definitely an interesting one because that's where Surtur's from. Um, that's where Dwayne the Rock Johnson's from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's where Mephisto is. It's basically hell, but it's. I noticed they kind of just glaze over it. A lot, but anyway. So nine realms. That's it. Let's get the movie started. So yeah. they uh, they talk about the uh, Odin does a great story of the war uh, and yes. uh, in Norway, uh, and uh, t- I think it's Tunnels Tunnelsberg, Norway, or whatever, um, which also consequently happens in the same place in um, Captain America: First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the where uh, you first see Red Skull, and we'll talk about that in the first Avenger movie. Um, so yeah, and they talk about the the constant battle, and and you know, and uh, they show off the casket of ancient winters. That's what the uh, Jotunheim has, the frost giants. I didn't like the design of the frost giants. I've seen so many better iterations of the frost giants. I have I I have it somewhere buried in my notes. It might be later, but. I kept remarking on the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, where I was like, I can't tell how big they're supposed to be because you yeah. never really see them in frame with a normal person. Only like at the end when they they come onto the Rainbow Bridge and they walk past Heimdall and I'm like, they're only like a foot taller than Heimdall. Like, they're supposed to be, <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be legit giants. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to be massive, but I guess they wanted that realistic feel to them. But and this and this goes oh my god directors <laughs> um this goes back to i don't know who makes these decisions i know it can't be kevin because kevin i know kevin feige would not would not agree to it but i will never forget the guy who directed the last fantastic four movie he's like i want story? oh no uh, josh trank yeah I, he's like i want to make fantastic four dark grounded and realistic the three things you do not do in yeah. any Marvel story whatsoever. The like, and it really doesn't fit Fantastic Four. And dark, I hate the word dark because what does that mean? What does dark mean? And it, if you say tragic, 
then that makes sense. Like Spider-Man is not a dark story. It's a tragic story. Yes. Right? And and so with these frost giants, I don't know if you tried to do dark, grounded, realistic, but those are the things you should not do with frost giants. They should be scary, large, and really grotesque. Or even just like kind of like a like a zombie Viking look, but like iced. Right? Like if um there's a really good iteration again in that cartoon I mentioned, it's definitely worth checking out. Um even but- in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance game, you fight I think Ymir. Yeah. And he is like he's like the size of an ent from Lord of the Rings. Like he's big. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. You could have made him like yeah, you could have made him at least they don't have to be giants, but they could have been a lot taller. Um so anyway, so so I didn't like the look of them. They look like melted ice. They actually, in hindsight, now that time has passed, they look like the White Walkers from from Game of Thrones. They, yeah, they look like the Night King a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't it didn't set with me very well. Yeah. My brother and I were not too thrilled with the Frost Giants on that. Um, but I will say because uh, we see the battle, and the cool thing is you see uh, Odin lose his eye, which mm-hmm. again I don't need the reason, but it was just nice to do. Um, and then what stuns me is Asgard. Asgard yes. is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I, love um, Asgard. I love the idea of the gold. I really think they could have been more colorful, but the Rainbow Bridge was a really nice approach to the Rainbow Bridge. Definitely something would have been very hard to do in 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 terms of trying to be the comic book one, which is legit a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Asgard, just absolutely stunning oh, when I, you go through it. I think the Bifrost looks beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it, I I can't picture it looking any better than they've made it look. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's oh, it, it was just such a good approach to it. And uh, so then you go through. Uh, and, and then you have the, the, the story about the kids, you know, and he's like, yeah, you know, one of you will ascend to the throne and you have Loki there and you have Thor. Uh, and and you know what? I love that so much. I loved how, because this, it's such a crazy world, Mm -hmm. these nine realms. And we start the movie off how you would imagine this movie would start off under any circumstances is Odin is saying exposition. He's like, I know you just, you're fresh off Iron Man 2, which is a grounded military story. But here's the realm of elves and ice giants and stuff. And I'm going to talk about this ancient war. And like you need exposition in a movie like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lesser movie would have just had him saying that stuff. And then that's it. Yeah. But they were smart enough to be like, okay, he's not just saying this in a vacuum. He's talking to his children. Yeah. And boom, you have exposition and character development and character introduction all in one fell swoop. And this is why you have Andrew Fantasia on your podcast because this is a, this is why this this man's a storyteller. Boom. He understands storytelling. Gonna drop your mic. Yeah, I like that though. I like that. I didn't even think about that too. But yes, they start off with this kind of kid story, and both the parents are still alive. So yeah, this is a very positive story for uh, now. For now. Indeed. And what I loved is actually, yeah, I loved because, you know, you had that beautiful introduction of characters and good character development. And then already we see them in their more adult phase. And you mm-hmm. have the, the throne room scene where, where uh, you have the coronation of Thor. And we get and what stunned me, though, in terms of like, OK, I'm going to see where this goes, was Chris Hemsworth looks like Thor. Yes, like he does. he's got the build. Yes. He's got the look. He's got the presence. He's got that. He's got that voice to him too. And Loki. Oh my God, Tom, uh, Tom Hiddleston. I again, comic book. One thing it, this movie definitely delivered on was like 
like the Asgardians look like they were lifted directly from the comics. Like the, oh, yeah. they're colorful, they're very they're very bold looking. Like they're just the presence is so big. Um, and Lady Sips and the Warriors Three all look so accurate. It's just such a beautiful shot. And Thor comes in with the winged helmet, and I don't know why he said he he said the helmet was really uncomfortable to wear, but. That helmet looks so gorgeous. I'm so, I'm constantly happy every time I, I view this movie, which isn't often, but every yeah. time I do, I'm always made happy, like genuinely just full of cheer that the costume designers were not the same costume designers from X-Men the movie. Yes. And they were like, let's give them the helmets. Like up to and including Loki's giant curved horns. Oh, he's yeah. He's got them. He's and got them. Not just here. He's got them in Avengers. I think he's got them in Dark He World. wears it as like, much as he can. Yeah. Like, I think in uh, in Thor Ragnarok, which is easily one of my favorites, um, he has he has a modified version, but he's got like a crown with the horns, Ooh. and it's it's so beautiful. It's again like those that throne room scene is such a beautiful establishing shot of like Asgard and like what Asgardians look like, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great scene, and it's such a beautiful like moment where he's like Thor, my firstborn, you know. Um, and Thor's winking and he's got yeah. the, that cockiness to him. It's just, it's such a great establishing shot of, of this movie. And then it just all goes to hell after that. Uh, but anyway, so, so we have that scene. He's getting his coordination and I then like, you could, you could be talking about the plot or the movie itself. Uh, it's, that's, it's, that's why it works so well. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take both on that If one. you love the Thor movie. You can take it as he's talking about the, the plot. Yeah. If you don't, keep listening. <laughs> so, so, um, so, okay. So this is what I like though, because what they do is they they do the throne room scene. He gets coronation, then it's interrupted by uh, a small break in where a couple frost giants just come in and they go through the throne room. Mm-hmm. Then we see um, we see the shot where they're like, yeah, frost giants have entered, and I love that. I love that intro scene because it's. Again, there's just so much plot development in terms of universe building there because you have Asgard that's developed and you know that there's the, the realms and all this stuff. Um, and then not only that, we get the the probably the most studied Easter egg shots of of most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the treasure room and um, the vault, I think it's called, and uh, Odin's vault. And uh, so... What we see is there's a few different things, and one of them I want to point out is we see the Tablet of Time. That's a oh, big no one. Oh, no way. Yeah, really? We see the Tablet of Time. That's like, my knowledge of that is just strictly from the Spider-Man cartoon, because Silvermane was after it. Yeah, Silvermane was there. I'm an old man, and I want to be young again. Get me the Tablet of Time. And the Vulture's like, screw you, I'm going to keep it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the Vulture sounds like Gilbert Gottfried in this case. Yeah, no, there's, uh, and then there's the Warlock's Eye. Um, now, the Warlock's Eye has definitely been in a Thor comic before, um, but it was used to hypnotize Thor and then cause Thor to just pretty much go on a rampage. Uh, and then there's another one. I forget the name of it, but what it does is basically it creates this weird monster. It's got two faces, Ooh. like one above the other. Um, and a lot of people are still like thinking that's going to go somewhere. Uh, I don't think it is. Uh, but they did have the Eternal Flame, which was used in Thor Ragnarok later on. Okay. Uh, and then the big teaser shot of the Infinity Gauntlet, which everyone was like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was already a big nod too, because a lot of people 
a lot of people are like, oh my god, the Infinity Gauntlet. But at that time, we didn't know that we were getting Thanos and the no. Infinity Saga. So we knew nothing of the sort. Yeah, Infinity Rewatch would have not been predicted at that time. Like it's no. not, not even close. Uh, so yeah, so I love that treasure room scene, and then not only that, oh my god, the 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 thieves get interrupted by probably one of the most recognizable comic book characters from Thor's comic book, which is the Destroyer armor. Mm-hmm. Right out of the gate, they just show off that armor, and then boom, it's just oh, great shot. I, I sorry, I had to I had to gush a little bit there and just away, lead you through lead away. you through it, but um, but yeah, so that I love that whole scene, mm-hmm. and what the beauty is is like Thor's like all upset because he's not being coordinated, uh, you know, he's got it all interrupted and everything, but oh, great. Great beginning for the Asgardians, but man, what were you thinking with the Frost Giants? And the more I saw of Asgard in this um, like introductory kind of scene, yeah, the more I was thinking, damn it, I'm so upset that Ragnarok destroyed this world. I know, right? Like, I want to play here. We never got the chance to play here. No, and that's and that's the thing. Like the movie gives you Asgard, and then immediately you're sent to Jotunheim, and then you're stuck in New Mexico for pretty much the rest of the movie. That's 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 it. That's it. That's and, all you get. And like a New Mexico that's clearly like a studio backlot set. Yeah. Oh god, it's, it literally could have been filmed in L.A. for all we know, and that's that's it. Yeah. Like. It's okay. So, so okay. So at this point, yeah, we get establishing shot the throne room. There's a ton of Easter eggs in there. The one that a lot of people didn't figure out till later on was the tablet of time, which was interesting to actually have it in there. There's a few other kind of things in there. A lot of people thought the warlock's eye was the eye of Agamotto, but that's clearly not the case. Um, yeah, get your stuff together, people who think mm-hmm. that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> But you do have the casket of ancient winters um, as well, which was again a big part of the of Thor's story. Uh, and then what I also like is is again we get a good shot of Loki now, and Loki being the deceiver that he is, you know, teaching Thor like, oh, you know, we can't do it, you know, because Father forbids us from going. And Thor's like, you know what? That's never stopped me before. Let's go, kind yeah, of thing, right? Is the not to backtrack here? Is the casket of ancient winters? Is that the thing that Loki picks up? Yeah. And it turns his hand blue? Is that that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Casket yeah. of Ancient Winters. Yeah, it's this little box and essentially is the power of winter inside the box. Ooh. And you can literally freeze the world if you open it up completely. So if you if you were to open it, would you be like, winter is coming? And then like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Right? That's, you, you know what? Because, um, uh, because uh, what's his name? Um, Laufey. Laufey, mm-hmm. when he, he opened the case in Norway, um, that's what started Game of Thrones. The, Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. That's why. That's <laughs> why. Um, and that's yeah, this why. This movie came out. When, when did Thor come out? It came out before Game of Thrones, that's for sure. Game of Thrones premiered in, in 2011. Yeah. Thor would have been. 2000. 2011. Oh, weird. Oh, you're oh not my wrong. God. You're not. <laughs> oh, my we God. Figured, we cracked the code. Yeah, That's we cracked why. the code. That's why. Um. All right. So, so yeah, I noticed you got some notes there. So, rock and roll there, buddy. Uh, well, on a technical standpoint, I never realized until I watched this again how much Kenneth Branagh loves Dutch angles. Uh, which are what is a Dutch angle? A Dutch angle is you know in the the old um, the the Batman show from the nineteen sixties where yeah. you'll have the shot of like Batman and Robin standing there, but it's not straight on, like it's lower and tilted. That's a Dutch angle, and this uh, movie okay. is full of those. And I didn't notice before; it was like it was as rampant as 
when J.J. Abrams is at his worth, worst with lens flares. Yeah. It was like that. Uh, I was like, the movie, yeah. I was like <laughs> looking at it like this. There was so much uh, Dutch angling going on. I mean, I like it, though, because it's that's a very comic book kind of frame. You know what I mean? Like when you're reading pages, mm. sometimes the, the frames are angled, right? Yeah. So I, I like that. But um, so, okay, as we progress with the story, I like, to, I like that they established Loki's kind of twisted you know, deceiving characteristics. Um, although they still played him pretty innocent. Actually, what I did like about this one, uh, this approach to, to Loki, is Loki in the comics and cartoons, he's usually portrayed pretty sinister right out of the gate. I would say in this one, Loki's pretty friendly. He's a yeah. pretty friendly guy, although you can clearly see there's an ulterior motive as a viewer. I'd say he really knows how to talk to Thor, and he comes off, he's very much like Obadiah Stained in terms of, he comes off very friendly and very supportive. He doesn't put his arm around people half as much, but other no. than that, you're right. He's And he's, um, he's fascinating because he gets this, or rather, we get the sense that no matter how bad he is, he has varying levels, mm. um, no matter how bad his levels get, he loves Thor. Yes, there is. There is this in the end. He even though he he will push the fact that he's adopted and the whole and then I love the jokes about he being adopted, mm -hmm. but he will push it to a point where when it comes down to the critical moment, he will have that brotherly that love for him. And it's it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful moment. And Tom Hiddleston, man, in fact, for the for the movie, he actually auditioned for Thor's scene, like for Thor's role. Oh, wow. And he did. A, he You can actually go on YouTube and look up his audition for Thor. And you oh, just wow. you see it. You see it. But like he just doesn't have the physical presence that yeah. that you that is required for like Thor. Like once you see Chris Hemsworth as Thor, you can't see anyone else. Yeah. Like I I I'm sure a ton of people have tried for it. Even like you said, just his voice, he yeah. sounds like what Thor would sound like. Oh yeah, like he's just got that broad broad voice Your to him. Humans are so petty and tiny. <laughs> and tiny. Um no, I love it. So uh so okay, so then we have the whole uh Jodenheim scene. Where they go to Jotunheim, we get a good shot of Heimdall. I love that. It's Idris Elba. Beautiful shot. Oh, um, in the comics, they actually refer to him as Heimdall the White. Um, but I love that they had Idris Elba. I think he had, he again, he had the, the build, the tone, the physical presence of, of Heimdall. And that character took off, too. Like They, they For, knew that he was a big deal, so they, they <laughs> kept using Heimdall as much as possible. For a character that plays mostly a messenger type of role, because in, in the comics and the cartoon, he would appear in, like, the I don't know how to phrase it, but he like a portal would open and he'd be like, Thor, you're summoned to come back home. Yeah. And you see like a rainbow road behind him heading back to Asgard and, and then Thor would fly through the portal. Um, but yeah, for a character that was pretty much a messenger, he had a pretty important pivotal role throughout the whole trilogy. Like he plays a big part through all three yes. movies, um, and I absolutely loved it. So uh, yeah, so we get the whole Jotunheim scene. I'm not a fan of it, but we do get a good look at Thor's power with Mjolnir. Mm -hmm. um, and it's our I, first look at, at what he can do with Mjolnir. Yeah, it is our first look at what he can do, and and not only that, they really exercise what Thor can do is with his power, mm -hmm. right? And it's beautiful. It's very well done, and it's it's very fun, but. Uh, and I love the I love the taunting, the little humor there. Um, but we also get a good action sequence with the uh, Lady Sith and the Warriors Three. I forgot how much I loved them. Mm -hmm. They were they always kind of fade in the background for me 
when I'm not thinking of the movies, and I was like, well, yeah, he had like friends in Asgard, and that's as far as my mind goes. Then when I watched this, I was like, oh my god, I could just sit here and watch Lady Sif and the Warriors three all day. The one of the guy, the guy who looks like Robin Hood, uh, um, Thandril. Thandril. Yeah, he is um, one of the main characters on Once Upon a Time. He plays Prince Charming. And he is a very charming. He reminds me of you if you were blonde. Like he's, <laughs> oh, bless he's, your heart. he's that dude. And uh, like seeing him in this because he got replaced afterwards by um, Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi. Yeah. yeah. Zachary Levi played. I don't know why that happened, but I was just like every time I saw them show up, I was giddy and I was like, Jimmy Alexander is so cool as yeah. Eddie Sift. And they have Ray Stevenson as um, oh, what's his name? Gimli two Yeah, Gimli two point <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's a great actually. Yeah, I'm gonna use that description. That's a great way to describe and it. My I I actually do know why Fandral was different casting for two two tells so so <laughs> don't mind if I do um, so Fandral uh, Zachary Levi was originally casted as Fandral um, due to scheduling conflicts he could not play the role and so they gave it to the other guy. Josh uh, Dallas. Josh Dallas. And then what happened was in the second movie, Josh Dallas had scheduling conflicts, so Zachary Levi oh, wow. came in. And then we all know what happened in the third one, but it was Zachary Levi again. But yeah, so it was kind of a nice little role reversal there. I felt both characters... Again, it's one of those things where both characters were great. Mm-hmm. Don't need to compare them. Um, they both had great approaches to it. Um, Thandral is a very kind of charming, you know, uh, dashing rogue kind yes. of character. Yeah. Um, uh, Volstag was Volstag, Ray right, Stevenson. Uh, Who's the other guy? Uh, I think it's like Tyr or um, yeah, I want to say Tyr. Uh, Hogan. Hogan. Oh, yeah, Hogan. Um, uh, and he, uh, that actor, he actually can't speak a lot of English, so he would actually just practice lines speaking in English, but he didn't oh, wow. fully know how to interact like he did a good job i didn't see that i just figured he was like i figured it was his second language but Mm -hmm. he rocked it like he was not i was never looking at him and be like that guy does not look comfortable like he totally nailed it i my my guess is is because he is a fighter and and when he does do fight scenes you can you can see he knows what he's doing Uh, so which is i mean that's endearing especially with my background but uh, is he back in all three of them he's consistent through and through uh so is ray stevenson as Mm -hmm. volstagg um and so i uh, yeah i love that i love that action sequence it's just a great way to see them in action uh see thor's power uh loki you get to see him do yes. the uh the duplicate uh, astro form kind of thing which is really nice because dr strange does it as well mm-hmm. um oh, they have to fight one day. i know they gotta do it uh i just wanted to say like i just want loki to say something like oh your your earthly magic has nothing on me or something like something like your magician tricks i want to make fun of him i like the idea of him saying earthly magic and then dr strange is like who says i learned this on earth oh love it oh we got to talk about that okay so <laughs> moving forward um so yeah great scene and then so i love this part of the story and the premise of the story Mm -hmm. how it's executed though will drive me nuts and we'll walk through it so (laughs) here's what i love i loved thor being exiled yeah best scene and great hero story that we normally don't see a a hero get his gift taken away from him and then they have to kind of be a more human role you don't I will honestly admit you don't normally see that in a lot of hero shows. You know who did that really well, even though it's not a movie or a show? The very first Assassin's Creed game. Right. You start off the game and Altair is like 
the king of the, the cock of the walk. He's like the best assassin, but he's a total douchebag. And then he screws up one day and they're like, we're taking away all your blades, all your rank. You're starting as an initiate. And he's like, got to learn humility. And it was such a cool. And, and it's such a great way to establish the story. Yeah. And so what I loved about it was uh, what I loved about it was, again, you just see him get stripped of his stripped of his armor. Um, and I, I like Anthony Hopkins, man. I could never I, I mean, it should one day it ever happened. I could never stand like being a shot with him because his voice, his approach to lines just gives such ump to yes. it. And like my my like I get goosebumps when I see that scene where he's getting exiled because this opening line is I now take from you your power and he just takes the hammer and then like and he and he strips him and he goes cast you out throws him and I love it and, and I love this whole scene he whispers to the hammer the enchantment which we all know I actually have the hammer with the enchantment yes, on it you do. it's on my holding side holding up our microphone right now holding up our microphone but yeah I love he's whispering to it whomsoever be worthy. And then throws the hammer in with them. And then then we get the worst. Oh, God, we get the worst. Now, do you know oh, do you know God. about the Odin conspiracy? No. What Odin conspiracy? I, I actually just made it up, so it's, it's a good thing you don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like, get out of my head, right? <laughs> um, but there's one other Hollywood movie that I can think of at any rate that features both Odin and Loki. It's not a very good movie. It's called Son of the Mask. Oh God! Now in this, in Thor. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> oh, in Thor, Odin is played by Anthony Hopkins, and oh, in Son of a Mask, he's played by Bob Hoskins. It's Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the mistake. That is so shit. Oh my God! Oh wow! I really thought that was going somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. You should be stirring. I, I, want, I wanted to put that in your brain so that it'll be easier to, to, for you to get through mm-hmm. um, Midgard because that's where we are now. We're on Midgard. <laughs> <In> the... <laughs> I legit want to cry. I really do. Um, okay, so yeah, we're in Midgard now. Oh, God. So, okay, this is where the movie gets really awkward mm. for me because so the whole story is. Thor needs to learn humility. That's yeah. that's the real premise of this. And that was the genius of his comic. In fact, in the comics, he was a doctor. He was Dr. Donald Blake. Yeah. And so it's it's a beautiful story about him learning humility and understanding humanity because mm-hmm. of course he's seeking battle. Uh, and Thor definitely you could see gets excited for battle in the first half of the film. Um, and, uh, and it, Jane Foster, what bothers me right out of the gate and what really started to worry me right out of the gate is that she's like this storm hunter and she's a scientist that's like looking for like these weird phenomenons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see the tornado, you see the hammer, uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they hit Thor, and I love this. I love the taser. Like Cat Denning's character is a fun character with the humor and the engagement. But Jane Foster, if they kept her designed the way she was in the comics, she was a medic. She was a paramedic, and she has no powers, and she has no reason to be in these battles. But you see her there doing her part right. and doing the best she can. And there's the real genius to that story. 
And Thor, what I loved about the whole Donald Blake thing is, or sometimes what they do in the comics, and especially they did it in the Ultimate Run, is Thor, people think he's a crazy man who just has godlike powers that thinks he's Thor. Right, right. But the beauty of it is, is he obviously goes to Asgard and all this stuff, and he's been to Asgard. So there's that transition point. Like it would be like, sorry to interrupt, but it'd be like if we knew a guy who was really acrobatic and he's like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. And we're like, no, you're not. Yeah. Well, and, and really no, good at what you do. Well, and it's funny. You say that because there's a guy in downtown Toronto who dresses up like Spider-Man and he takes, he takes, um, Oh my God, thread. And he throws it and makes it look like webbing and Ooh. he'll, and he'll hang off the side of a street post oh. and look like he sticks with it. But yes, exactly. Like that's exactly it. He thinks he's Spider-Man, yeah. but he's not. Right. Yeah. But what we don't know, and and with Thor, it's there's actually a really cute moment that they do in the animated Ultimates movie, uh, where the, where uh, where Cap our Cap's being briefed on the different heroes that they're looking for for the Avengers, and he goes, "What about this guy?" And and uh, Nick Fury goes, "Well, he thinks he's Thor," and, and then Cap goes, "What do you think?" He's like, "I think he's a few, you know." <laughs> Drinks it like he makes fun of him. I remember that movie. He was like working on a Greenpeace boat, right? Yeah, he's a, he's, he's like, an, a nature activist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I like that. I like that story approach. But what they did with this one was they have Jane Foster is the problem with the movie, and that is is that she's trying to explain why he exists, which is that. And the, and then the whole movie with Thor, the joke is is no one believes that he's Thor, and yeah. that's the beauty of it. And her her crusade to prove he exists is what kills the movie. It kills it it dry i can't get over it oh my god i i i don't know where to start with with jane and yeah. the scooby gang but i have uh, <laughs> the mystery machine the first thing that i put down here was um okay so they have an infrared picture on this cork board they have all these yes. pictures that they took in yeah. the storm and i think it's kat dennings who's like guys look and she points and, and there's, there's a body infrared body of yeah. clearly they developed that photo Printed it, yeah. pinned it onto the wall, but only now they're like, hey, there's a body, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> there's the shape of a man in this storm. Um, mm-hmm. I, Kat Dennings really, none of her jokes really landed with me. Um, I wrote down like her iPod joke really fell flat. Oh no! I just her... downloaded thirty songs onto my iPod. Like I was just like, Ugh. oh no! The one that one that was like an awkward, cringy joke for me was uh, where he's like, "Hammer, hammer," and she's like, "I can tell you're hammered." Like yeah. it's just, I mean, I like her character. It's a fun character, and I, I could see where you could add her in as comedic relief to kind of break the tension. But there was no tension to break. No. So she just fell flat. And and again, Jane Foster, you have Natalie Portman. You could have done an amazing, amazing Jane Foster. And it just, all like, Eric Selvig, too. I don't even know why he's there. Like, I just don't get how these people all come together. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel natural. It feels very forced. And I didn't like that. But what I do like is, going back to the story, is they, they, they find Thor. They put him in the hospital. And... <laughs> And of course, they're like the doctor's like, "Hey, just taking some blood." And he's like, "How dare you touch the son of Odin?" But that's and that's the fun of the story is like he's saying these ridiculous things. And again, they didn't. I didn't think they took it far enough. Like him smashing the coffee, and he's like, "Another," you know, like all that stuff. I loved it. Goes into the pet shop, and he's like, "I need a horse." And like, (laughs) like just all these ridiculous things. I would have. 
I I would have loved to seen it them take that so much further, yeah. so much further, and they don't. They, they those are the only moments you get of this like this this uh, the Thor being on Earth. But then the movie picks up for me again is when Thor finds out they have the hammer in the Shield facility. Right, great scene. Right, Fant- the sequence all the way through. But and even leading up to it because again that relationship between Jane and Thor is actually really nice because you see that moment where she's like trying to believe him mm-hmm. and he goes and I love how he's like you think me strange yeah. and then and he's saying like his speech is very weird right but it's this beautiful relationship of like is Thor real is this real right and I love it and she's like you think you're just gonna walk in there grab your stuff and just walk out and he's like no I'm gonna fly out. <laughs> like it's all this like it's this the attitude. So so yeah. So like the whole Thor in the hospital. Thor, you know, Thor himself when the camera's on Thor. Great story. Yeah. Great story. And then um, uh, and then you have the shield scene, and I love this scene. And again, we get the introduction of Barton as Mr. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. I didn't even notice that first time I watched the movie. Like I was like, okay, there's a cool. This time for the like, guy who didn't know Shield. Yeah, it was the yeah I was clearly I'm blinded by Shield agents. Is just what yeah, I'm, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, there's a guy here who's gonna shoot at Thor, and he, I remember his line really stuck with me. Yeah, where he's like, you want me to take the shot because I'm starting to root for this guy. Like that line really, I was like, oh, this is a cool random soldier who's just got Thor in his crosshairs. Then I think it was you who was like, oh my god, Andrew, did you notice when Hawkeye showed up? And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, it's embarrassing. Yes. Um, but that was a great flight and a great setting too. It's such a unique setting. This tarp thing that that shield sets up over the crater. Yeah, what a cool place for a fight. Like it just looks cool. It's it's a great place for a fight. It's a great establishing shot. I was actually looking to see if Eric Selvig was a comic book character, and he he became a comic book character afterwards. Oh, so but he was not. Uh, no, he was really just. Uh, yeah, he's just added for the movie's sake, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of added looped him in later. I hate that. Anyway, so um, moving forward. Um, yeah, so I love the, the scene where he figures out that the satellite is not a satellite. It's a hammer. Uh, I love that everyone's trying to lift it very sword in the stone kind yeah. of nostalgic thing. Um, but yeah, so so I love... There's a lot of layers to the scene. I checked to see if there was any kind of really big Easter egg moments there. There's not a lot. I mean, you have Jasper Sitwell that's starting to introduce himself as a character into the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then I love that they're, you know, they built this hammer thing uh, and all that stuff. So Thor goes in and the action sequence is great. And then Coulson says, I need someone up high with a gun. And then you see him take a bow. Yeah. And that already you know it's Hawkeye. Love it. Great nod. If you're not an idiot like me, then already you know it's Hawkeye. <laughs> I just I think you just get so wrapped up in the yeah. movie. You're just not you're not taking that step back and realizing, you know. I was blinded by the muscles like Jane Foster. Mm. I was like, oh boy, muscles. I mean, again, that fight scene for Thor is is epic because like he does a drop kick and it makes it look painful. Yeah, I there's no amount. I'm a big guy too that he yeah, fights. He's yeah, he fights a big dude, but he does what what my brother and I uh, refer to as the Chechnyan drop kick, <laughs> and uh, literally you're just jumping in the air, throwing all your body weight into your feet, and then delivering those feet into a body. I hope 
that it's literally you and Nick are the only people in the world who call it. <laughs> I think it's actually a technique. I think it's actually called the Chechenian dropkick. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, and then like, but he's like, and what I love about Thor is now we see Thor in hand-to-hand combat, and he tosses people. Like mm. you see, he's more powerful than a lot of his uh, a lot of his opponents. Um, but what I love about the shot is, the, oh my god, the hammer scene when he goes to pick up the hammer, and you just see him scream into the air. Oh. oh. I feel every moment of that. Now, oh. from a like purely from a writing standpoint, this might be my favorite part of the movie. Uh, like him, you know, going for the hammer, failing. They like Shield kind of neutralizes him. Loki comes and visits because, um, like, when you have somebody, when you have a character who's as powerful as Thor, yeah. In order for him to grow, and in order for you to have stakes, you have to strip him of everything. You have to do like what you're saying. You have to take away everything so he can build himself because he didn't give himself those powers. Yeah. The writer did or Odin did, depending on what universe you live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Loki shows up and lies and says like Odin's dead um, and like Thor has just lost his hammer. Yeah. He's lost his powers. He's lost his family. And now like Loki's telling him he can't even come home. He's lost his home. That is stripping him of everything. Like you can't be stripped of more than that. Like, it is. It is a Shakespearean tragedy if yeah. you want to look at it that way. Like it, I agree with you, man. Like you, you've legit. You know when people say like, "Oh, we have nothing to lose." Like he just lost everything. Like he legit lost everything. Um, and and uh, and Loki reminds him of that and really kind of throws dirt in the face kind of thing where he's like. He's like leaving the hammer in front of you, knowing you can't lift it. And it's a beautiful shot. And I love how they introduce Loki in the shot where he's like in the mirror and then he comes out of the mirror. Um, It's great. And then, um, and then I love Loki tries to lift the hammer. He can't do it either. Uh, And has Loki ever lifted the hammer in lore? I feel like there must've been times. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a, there's been a one or two occasions where he's actually been able to lift the hammer. Um, but it was like like the world was coming to an end kind right. of thing, and he needed because what it's it's funny because Loki is bad, but when like someone like Doctor Doom is worse, then he's able to gotcha yeah kind of play that fine line between good and evil. Um, uh, I think it was a character known as in like in Marvel Ultimate Universe, Lady Loki. She was able to pick up the hammer. Lady Loki. Yeah, Lady Loki. Uh, cosplayers love to play Lady Loki. Now, you mentioned Coulson a couple times, and mm-hmm. what I found really interesting is that... Such a wasted character. Oh my God. <laughs> he And it's it's so weird. And could have been Captain Marvel, I'm just saying. Sorry. I'm he could have been... Captain Cap- Marvel. Oh, yeah, he could have been Marvel. Um, it, it's so weird going back and watching Phase 1, and it will be with Phase 2, because I haven't seen them all in so long, mm. um, for the most part. But with it, it struck me as so odd, because in this movie, Coulson is almost a bad guy. Like, he is yeah. so in that zone of, like, he's constantly in Thor's way and in mm-hmm. Jane's way. Yep. Uh, he's almost a villain. And it was really weird and surreal seeing him kind of in that in that role. Because you don't... Coulson's, like, one of the most likable dudes in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, but obviously, this was before we really got to know him. So it wouldn't have been jarring for us back then. That's what re-watching is for, is Ooh. seeing these things like this. That is true. Uh, actually, that reminds me. I did take a note, and I, I can't find it, but I remember what it was now. Um, Selvik, 
actually uh when they lost all their science stuff when shield comes in takes all their stuff um selvik mentions he has a friend who's an expert in gamma radiate mm. or gamma uh i think he said gamma radiation um now and he said that he worked for shield and he disappeared so obviously he's alluding to that he knows banner right um so yeah so that was sorry that was a nice nod um but yeah i mean the Coulson definitely appears as the villain in this one, but I think it's because Coulson, I think, I think he looks at the situation as bad, because uh, as we learn in, in in Avengers when we get to that, you learn that uh, that there's an invasion happening, mm-hmm. like like in terms of super powered people, there's a ton of starting to roll out quite frequently now, and I'll point out an interesting thing I picked up on. When I saw in in Avengers, and we'll get to that, so make sure you tune in. Yeah, keep following the channel and keep posting comments, guys. I want to read. I want to read what you guys have to think about these movies, and I want to watch Ryan read your comments. I I (laughs) sip a mojito and watch him read. We got some good quality numbers with Iron Man, so I'd like to thank you guys for listening at that point. But um, getting back to it, yeah, I want to I want to see what you guys think about Thor. There are some people I've met that do love the movie. Mm-hmm. very few very 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 few um but yeah so colson definitely comes off the villain but it's interesting to see that shield is very well established at this point um and and i love how he kind of tests thor he's testing thor as yeah. well uh and so this point thor's lost everything and again the story gets lost here again with jane foster and him explaining the nine realms is cute um, and a guy who's supposed to be from a place where magic and science is one of the same things, he doesn't know what a, a telescope, a Hubble telescope is. Yeah, Hubble. Yeah, Hubble. They, they are, um, yeah, they're, they're not, I, I really am a big, uh, advocate of you have to earn love. You mm. have to earn romance when you're writing stories. And... I know willing suspension disbelief. I know it's it's crazy to hear a guy like me say something is un- unbelievable when I'm 100% buying Norse gods mm-hmm. and lightsabers and stuff. But there's there's a certain point when it comes to love where it's like if you're dropping like these characters are in love and you haven't reached that point, you you really lose me. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it was very forced. Like, cause Selvik has this sequence with uh, with Thor, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I want you to get out of here. I don't want you hanging around." Like, he seems homeless and crazy, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel enough to push him out. Like, he's just misunderstood. Right. You know what I mean? A um, couple things though, uh, we want to point out. Uh, first of all, in the Shield thing, after Thor is being released by Selvik. Um, it does say Donald Blake on the ID, yeah. so clear reference there. Um, and it says MD, which is nice because they're also pointing. Again, it's a nice nod that we recognize that you, the fans, know that the original Thor, this is the Thor we're going with. And he was apparently her ex. Yes. She's like, that's my ex. So he, Donald Blake was a real person. He was real. What do you think the odds are that we see him in Love and Thunder? No. It's give possible. Me, give me an odd right now. Give me a percentage. What do you think? 
Because I feel like she's going to be a heavy presence in that movie. When I get to Avengers, you're going to see some really crazy theories that I've I've come up with watching it again for like the 20 billionth time. As crazy as Christine Everhart being an eyeless? Because that's not crazy because it's going to happen. It's not going to Just let it go. Mark my words. <laughs> Mark like... my words. You know, I, I listened back to our podcast and I was laughing when you <laughs> keep bringing that up. It's not going to happen. All right. We'll uh, if it does, I'm going to gonna punch you just <laughs> has to be done um so anyway uh yeah uh what was i talking about oh okay donald blake donald blake so the odds of donald blake happening are like i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a solid like it has to be 50 50 it's either gonna happen that's or higher gonna, than i thought you'd go i i want to say like 30 percent or something like that but it's either you're gonna do it and you're just gonna like tease it mm-hmm. or you're not gonna do it at all you're just not. I don't think he's. I don't think it's worth exploring because it was just. It was just a nice nod, right? Yeah, I don't think he would show up in any huge context. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we might see, you know, either flashbacks or like what Jane has been up to since then. Yeah. Maybe she goes back to her ex because she's lonely because she misses Thor, and we just see Donald for like a scene, and he's just like some random dude. Yeah, like I really don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth like really exploring further than that. We know she dated a guy named Donald Blake. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's just not necessary. And damn Jane, like get it together. <laughs> like, um, are, are you a, a South Park fan at all? No, no. They, they did an episode of South Park where the whole thing was just making fun of this movie. Oh, I bet. And, I bet. Um, it, it was a guy, a character named Miles Standish. He was the Thor character. He came from another world, whatever. And he meets a girl who's pretty much designed to be Natalie Portman. I don't remember what her name was in the episode, but they they really they were making fun of just how uh, like how vapid Jane becomes. But like halfway through the movie, she just reaches a point where she's like, "Golly, he's handsome!" And like she's she's just like drooling over Thor every moment she's on screen. Uh, so South Park really um, played that up. Oh yeah. And there was a, a scene where everybody's trying to find where this Miles Standish guy went mm-hmm. and they're asking this Jane Foster proxy character and they're like, can you tell us where he went? And she's just like, mm, no. <laughs> it's just, it, no. Exactly, right? Like, it's just, uh, oh my God. I, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so, oh God, Jane Foster. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's let's reflect on a positive moment. So let's go back to Asgard for a minute because we're not doing this in order, but I want to point out some, some notes here. Yeah. Um, so back on Asgard, well, before Loki went to visit Thor after the whole hammer fiasco, but favorite scene ever mm-hmm. um, of that of that particular movie. Uh, so Loki, we get a great shot of him picking up the casket of Ancient Winters and turning blue, and that's mm-hmm. a great that's a great nod again for the people in the back of the theater that he is actually from Jotunheim, yeah. like he's a baby from Jotunheim. We get his origin story about how he was taken. Um, and if you think about it, because in Ragnarok, uh, uh, Hela was talking about how her and Odin were like real bloodthirsty, like warmongers kind of thing. But I think it's kind of an interesting nod because, again, I, I, I think it's a good pivotal change moment, right? Like mm-hmm. he takes the baby, but he did fight in that war and everything, right? So that was an interesting moment. Um, so... So that was going on, and then we get Loki's great backstory, and then he goes to Jotunheim, he meets Laufey again, and then shows him how to get into uh, Asgard, and does this crazy plot to rule Asgard, because that's what Loki wants to do. 
And I love, and I love this is where Loki gets a little bit more twisted is when he finds out that he thought he was a higher purpose. He had a higher purpose. And yes. He is more of just a peace offering than anything else. And, and, and it, it. it's very true to his character. Like he has that very, um, I'm not going to say common, but very sort of recognizable younger sibling syndrome where he's like, he's the sort of young cerebral nerdy sibling and his older brother is like the handsome popular jock one who gets everything. And he's just like, well, I just, he's, he's like Scar to, to Thor's Mufasa. Yeah. Uh, he's the Claudius to whatever Hamlet's dad's name is. Um, and there's, that is so, it's, it's such a classic archetype that, a, we identify with it as people have heard this kind of story before, but B, mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier to swallow Loki and his motivation. Even though, like, I even had, like, a note about how his motivation was not super, super clear to me. Um, he wants to destroy Jotunheim. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care about being king, but he wants to separate himself from the Frost Giants and all of that. But what confused me was that Odin's coma was a pure stroke of of chance. Uh, well, his story, Odin's story, is, is that he always goes into the Odin sleep. Yeah, like he, like uh, there's a scene when when in the beginning when Odin saves Thor and the gang uh, from from Laufey and and he says you're looking weary, all father. Like he mm. mentions that you're looking weak, but yeah, it's kind of chance timing that it happens right at that moment, and then Loki becomes in power. Um, Loki's motives, though, Loki's when you watch his stories, his stories you got to really look at the big picture because all his moves are all subtly going in one direction. So, I mean, I could agree with you that it may appear deceiving, but that's Loki's character. He's yeah. got a mischief, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so. I, I don't know. I yeah, it's chance timing, but I think Loki's motives were pretty clear from from the get go. I think it just wasn't focused on. That's the only difference. Um, and yeah, so there's a great story there. And then, and then, so Thor uh, again. This is again. That's part of the story where Thor doesn't have the hammer. He's lost everything. The Warriors Three go to find him. Um, I, I feel like the movie picks up again when the Warriors Three find him and the Destroyer comes in. Uh, that's a great action sequence. A lot of fun. Pretty short though. It wasn't really a lengthy battle. It was just like a couple moves here, move, move here, fancy move here. Um, Thor, and I didn't at first. I didn't like the, that the hammer came to him. Okay. I love. I would rather him yeah. fought near the satellite against the destroyer, and then he just in a scramble of like a survival move picks up the hammer and he's able to pick it up. Yeah. That would have been nice. Uh, you know, by the way, you know who the destroyer reminds me of? Um mm. Gort from the Day the Earth Stood Still. No, oh, yeah. A lot like that. They even yeah. shoot the beam out of their face too in the same way. And and yeah, so it's a cool scene, but again, like this movie doesn't uh, in terms of world building and stuff, it stays pretty tame and that's what disappoints me about this movie a lot. It stays pretty tame, but we do get Asgard, we get Loki and um so the destroyer scene, even Thor fighting the destroyer, he just summons a tornado, blocks one hit, and then powers through the other, and then ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't feel like a very climactic battle. It's just so anticlimactic that it just happens. Uh, the one joke I will say that did land though was when the guard, the shield guard, was like, uh, 
uh, base uh, Zena and uh, yeah. Jackie Chan and all that. That was actually <laughs> pretty funny. Um, and then and uh, Volstag and that. Yeah, again, it's just it's at this point like guys like the movie's just again very tame. It just feels it like a very tame experience. And uh, and so when we get back and then Thor fights Loki for the first time. That's a great scene. Yeah, the last battle is amazing. Yeah, you you have to sit through some stuff to earn it. Mm-hmm. It is worth it. But like, I again because it's been so long since I watched it, I totally forgot that Thor actually dies in this movie, and he's got to be resuscitated by the hammer coming to him. Yeah, like I totally yeah. forgot that that was the thing. It didn't feel right to me. Yeah, that's another trope. Like same with unearned romance. That's another trope I really don't like when. When a character's dead, and then it's like, oh, but here comes a eleventh hour save, and they're not dead. It's like, mm-hmm. if you want to have an eleventh hour save, fine, but don't kill a person, because then death no longer has meaning or stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, well said. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think that scene alone might give it this like the contender as like the cheesiest MCU mm, moment yeah. because as he's being resuscitated by the hammer. We just keep cutting to Jane Foster with this like goofy grin on her face, like, "Oh, he's waking up!" Oh my god, he's alive. He's got muscles. Uh, it was, yeah, it, that really that whole segment fighting the destroyer, right? It was, it was just not. Um, oh, it's just terrible. Yeah, it it really didn't ring true to me. But thank God that wasn't the climax. Thank God we got the Bifrost, and even like Heimdall. Uh, and and his sort of his little rebellion, his little miniature rebellion, where, mm-hmm. where he's like, um, uh, he, he opens, oh yeah, he's like, I don't need to, yeah, yeah, like he, he finds a way, a technicality around it to be like, well, uh, you you told me not to do this, but you didn't say I couldn't do that. Like, yeah. I, you you can't not love Heimdall after that moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and he's oh no, because he opened the portal for the Warriors three, and he's like, oh, you betrayed your king, and he's yeah. like, well, I guess I don't have to listen to you then. And then yeah, exactly. And I love like when he has to swing the sword; it's such a epic movement for him. Um, but so the fight with Thor and Loki is so good; mm-hmm. it is so well done. There's so many good Thor Loki moments in it. Um, First of all, I love the flying through the air with the spear. Uh, I love at one point where Loki's winning and he makes multiple versions of himself just to laugh at Thor. Like, it's, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> yeah, you're just laughing That's at him. so Loki. Um, and I love how Thor rests the hammer on his chest and he can't yes, get up. That was such a bad... I totally forgot that that move existed and it's so good. It's such a badass oh. move. It's so... And again, like the whole fight is incredible. And what I love about it is, again, it's it's definitely a Marvel sort of sort of disney kind of battle where it's really the way he wins is not defeating the enemy it's winning the situation right and again thor just breaking rainbow bridge uh great great way of doing it um and then loki getting lost in the cosmos essentially was uh was a nice moment but there was a good exchange of dialogue of where thor really comes to fruition with loki where he's like uh, why do you care? You know, like what's what's changed, and it, it's this is what bothers me. But his love for Jane changes who he is, mm-hmm. um, and and the, but again, the love for Jane would have been better if he again was a, was a paramedic with her or like lived yeah. through spend like, some time, like spent time with her, spent time with her helping people. Yes. That would I think would have delivered that more better, like that better message. But anyway. 
So, so that kind of, then we get Odin coming back to life in the whole nine yards, which is great. Um, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's a lovely scene. The movie wraps up nicely. Uh, but overall, just, again, this movie just doesn't, doesn't quite do it for me. It could have been so much more, but what I will say is coming out of it, we got a lot of great comic book characters that were introduced. You mm-hmm. had Odin, you had, uh, uh, oh man, how do you pronounce her name? Frigga? Actually, hold Frigga. on. Let me, let me jump into my MCU character encyclopedia Ooh, that we've been making yeah. because, uh, I want to make sure I get all this down, uh, cause that's what I want to keep track of. So yeah. we, we introduced Thor. Yeah. Uh, so let me, let me just get the basis out Loki. of the way here. Jay, Loki comes after Jay. Mm-hmm. Odin, where's, oh, oh, there we go. Uh, Jane Foster. Whoops, come on. Jane Foster. It's not recognizing Vanko as a as a you word. You just gotta hold the space button and you can scroll. Is that how it works? Yeah, hold oh, it down. Oh no, hold it, it just down. it turned Vanko into a thing. Hold on, there we go. Okay, Jane Foster. Yeah. What about um, Kat Dennings? Is she from the comics? No, she's not no? from the comics. All right, so we got Jane Foster, Odin. Uh, what's uh, Frigga? Is that Odin's wife? Frigga is Odin's wife. She was great, by the yeah. way. Renee Russo really did a good job. With I'm a hundred percent sure that Kat Dennings' character is not mm-hmm. a comic book character. So we got Sif, Lady Sif. Um, I hate to do this to you again, but what are the names of the Warriors 3? I know Volstag. Volstag, Thanderl, T-H, uh, T-H-A-N-D-R, something, something, something. Something, something, something. Something, something, something. Uh, I just got to look up Kat Denny's name again. Thanderl. And uh, oh, Hogan. 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 Uh, and uh, the Confjord, the big frost giant, he was Lofi. 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 Good luck spelling that. L a u f e y. Sure, I, I let's let's that. let's roll with that. Oh, and Heimdall. I forgot about Heimdall. Mm. Now I don't know if you ever played this game, Ryan, but um, when it comes to movies like this, um, sometimes I like to think and and wonder like what would this movie have done to me if mm-hmm. I was a little kid when I experienced it for the first time. Like if I had experienced Thor the same age that I experienced like Star Wars and Back to the Future and stuff. And I think I definitely would have gone through a phase mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at recess if because, you know, I would get chased a lot by bigger kids and bullies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely would have gone through a phase and this would not have helped. This would have made the bullying worse. But I definitely would have uh, had moments where in order to escape... <laughs> I would have pretended to swing around a fake hammer and yelled out, Harmdahl, open the bypass! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would have happened. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, yes. And Hawkeye. We got Hawkeye in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Jane, or sorry, uh, Darcy Lewis is her name. And yes. Darcy, she, yes. And no, she's not a character uh, in the comics. Perfect. All right, we got yeah. That, that gave us a lot of characters, um, and I don't think we lost anybody. Uh, we have our Marvel Memorial Cemetery that we're building. No, here. we haven't lost anybody here. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody else. No, nobody. Comic book wise, and you said Eric Selvig is not from the comics. Jasper Sitwell is not from the comics. Sitwell's not. No, so that's uh, that's pretty much the whole ball. That's already a, a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's... Oh, Lady Sif. Did you get Sif? I got Sif. Okay, yeah. good. Um, one thing, I think overall, my overall feeling on this was that out of all the MCU, 
I think it's safe to say Thor feels the most like a mainstream pre-MCU superhero movie because it hits all the very cliche beats of like, meet the hero, meet the villain, meet the love interest, blah, 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 Capes. blah, blah. Capes. Um, and it even is one of the only, if not the only MCU song I know that as soon as the credits roll, it start, it's a pop song that plays. Yes, that that's right. Very mainstream. That is not MCU. That's no, not how that's right. Oh my God, yes. Um, yeah, wow. Oh, that's so true. Uh, sorry, I'm a little dumbfounded by that. I know. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. I, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was very just like... Yeah. It's like if this movie had come out in 1998, it would have been the exact same song. Like right. it's that kind of song. But uh, on a brighter side of the note, is we got a good end credit sequence, but mm-hmm. we don't know what it means exactly. Uh, as as again, what we know. Okay, so we are introduced to the cosmic cube, yes. um, which was uh, introduced to us. Oh, where was it introduced? It was introduced in. Actually, no, it was introduced in Thor because I don't remember it being introduced in Iron Man 2 because Iron Man 2... Oh, I thought you were trying to figure out in the comics. Yeah, then this would be where it was. Yeah, this was was introduced. introduced. So they opened the case um, and they says, uh, legends tell you one thing, but history tells you another. Uh, But what's crazy about it is that, yeah, it's really... This one's a really hard comic book fan kind of thing because... He opens the case and you see the cube. Now, th- at this point, a lot of people were confused at what the Tesseract was. Um, right. And we didn't even know it was called the Tesseract at this point. And so what's crazy about it is, is that um, the Cosmic Cube uh, in the comics was a object of great power where if you touched it, it would change reality to what you wanted. Oh, snap. So, for example, you wanted Hydra to win the Second World War... This would have done it. So if I like, if I wanted to be surrounded by like Eva Mendez, mm-hmm. I could pick up the cosmic cube and I would just be in a room full of Eva Mendezes. Yes, that's happen. right. Oh that's so. Where so, is the cube now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Feige would know. Are you sure? Uh, it's probably in some Marvel prop vault that we would love to raid at some point. Okay. So uh, okay, so um, yeah, so it's a big debate on the cosmic cube. Yes. What is it? What it is? Um, so yeah, and then Loki is proven to be alive. So it's kind of a nice nod that Loki's still there. Um, so that being said, that wraps up Thor. It does. Now I had one quick question about that mm-hmm. end credit scene. Um, are we to believe that Selvig was under some kind of Loki control? Or was it just a fluke that they say the same thing? No, no, he's under Loki's control. I think Loki was influencing his like choices. And like from, from the get-go before touching his heart with the spear. And That's right. Because that... In my mind, I was always, because of the hindsight of Avengers, I was always like, oh yeah, Selvig had that moment where Loki's in his reflection. But then as I'm watching this, I'm like, yeah, but he didn't do the staff thing yet. He's so, he can't be controlling him, can he? And it just, it, it turned my brain six ways till Sunday. Yeah, no, it, I, I think that, I think that, uh, because it happens after. So Loki says it first and then Selvig repeats him, yeah. right? So um, I think, I think Loki is, influencing his choices i don't think it's direct mind control i think he's just influencing like let's pursue Mm. kind of like hypnotizing someone kind of thing so yeah so i don't think it's direct control but um but yeah it was still nice to see the loki still alive 
Um, and again, I think what's interesting is is now they're talking about myths and then they're talking about history. So clearly they're talking about, you know, uh, talking about the uh, Second World War. Now, in, in terms of mystery and like we see so much, uh, sorry, not mystery, history. And we see so much of like artifacts going on in the vault and everything. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Because Asgard is such a fascinating world. Yes. Okay. It was destroyed. Um, do you think we will see it again in the Loki show or possibly in Eternals? And if so, in what context? So, okay. I'm glad you said that because uh, there is mention in the Avengers podcast or there will be mention in the Avengers podcast when we talk about it. But... Um, what I will say from the Avengers uh, movie, Loki says, I've seen worlds you've never even heard of. Mm. And he says this in Avengers way before the events of Endgame. Yeah. To which Endgame, he does take the stone and he disappears off. But that happens after that point where he yeah. says it. So, so that tells me that, that Thanos or, or the Shatari, no, Thanos showed Loki a lot. Like, yeah. he's shown or told Loki a, a lot. Or Loki has drifted through the cosmos already, and and he has seen a lot of different worlds, and Thanos sound him through that. But there's still, I think there's a lot of story there that hasn't been established. And so I'm curious to see in the Loki's mini Loki miniseries that they're going to talk about his survival of the first Thor movie and what he did, and then where where would he go with the Space Stone first? Yes right so so yeah so in answer to your question i think he's going to go to another reality where asgard is exist does exist i very much think so um there's going to be some interesting approaches to it i think that we're going to see i think we're going to see a lady loki uh reference i i would bet some dollars on that that mm. we're going to see lady loki lady loki reference i think the whole journey of loki at this point because one thing we're going to see with loki's story is that in ragnarok he becomes more heroic he becomes more of an anti-hero than a villain um because he does help thor a lot and he and he learns that he learns that he's lost everything himself yeah. right um so uh, so in this case, the Loki we're going to get to know over the Loki miniseries though, is the Loki, uh, during the Avengers run. Cause he, I don't, cause after he leaves way before the events of Ragnarok or dark world, yeah. especially losing his mother. So he thinks, so he leaves Avengers, uh, at the point where his mother's still alive. Right. He hasn't had those turns yet. He hasn't had that growth. That Loki in that series is going to be very interesting. And mm -hmm. I hope um, he meets the other Loki that we have been following this whole time. I think he will. Um, or I think he will basically travel through different points of time and space mm -hmm. um, and and learn that his mother is dead and then maybe become catch up to the same Loki Ooh, we know and love. Okay. But I think, yeah, we're definitely going to see... We're still going to see Asgard. We're still going to see... We're going to see Asgard again, but we're. I think we're going to see more worlds and i definitely my money's on that we're going to see a lady loki at some point for sure i like that i like for where sure. your money is mm -hmm. so tell me all in all infinity I, stones i was your, waiting for rating? this question what's your rating uh, if you don't know we rate it on a scale of zero infinity stones 
two six infinity stones and if you really like it you give it an infinity gauntlet Gauntlet. that's like the pimpin version uh yeah Uh, i'm gonna say i don't want to be too harsh because i I gotta be fair there are some genuine moments i think we might have the same answer uh oh did you put barton on that list of the marketable encyclopedia yes i did okay good yeah um I'm going to say two Infinity Stones. We have the same answer. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. say two. I, yeah, great minds think alike, bro. Yes, we do. Great minds think alike. So two stones. I give it I give it the power... I, oh, snap! Look at that. I give it the power stone uh, in terms of casting because, I mean, Loki has been one of the most widely celebrated villains of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because they didn't have Doom, they didn't have magneto they didn't have they didn't have a lot of their most powerful villains but loki definitely was a powerful villain and they delivered they delivered they delivered so well yeah. that when it came time to you know think of uh villains for future movies they were like we'll just bring back loki like just why? bring yeah why, why? Fix what ain't broken exactly yeah. um i would also say it deserves the reality stone in the sense that we do get to see asgard and it looks mm-hmm. stunning it looks gorgeous so those that's why i give it two stones yeah i I think that the things that it gets right, it does get very, very right, which mm-hmm. is Thor and Loki and basically any character and place in Asgard. Yeah. Heimdall, perfect. Lady Sif, perfect. Warriors 3, Odin, Frigga, perfect. Like, it's all there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wish we saw more. But, and it also, I believe it's the the first to set the the precedent of, when I think of Marvel movies, I think of, like, beautiful candy colored spectacle yeah and this was the first movie that was beautiful candy colored spectacle iron man and 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 hulk and and whatnot they were great but Mm -hmm. they had a very down-to-earth look iron man the trilogy in general has a very muted color palette it's mostly red and gold and then like browns like it's a very muted palette even though it still looks gorgeous oh yeah uh but this was the first time where they were like look these costumes get colorful in the books we're not going to be shy about that no, and, and again, speaking of costumes, like, man, do they deliver on oh, costume yes. departments like Thor, Odin, <clears throat> Loki. They all look like their comic book counterparts. They look gorgeous. Um, Loki's suit stays through and through. Uh, but yeah, you have your bright greens, you have your bright reds, you have gold, you have, uh, man, you have all sorts of colors that just stand out. Yeah. No, they, they did a terrific job with that. It's it's. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward more than anything now to just seeing asgard again in thor the dark world which i don't think we get too much of but just to see it again at least i i I know now from because i i remember so little from that movie but thanks to endgame i remember they take jane there at one point that's all well we also see it in ragnarok too right yeah we see asgard and ragnarok and we get a little bit more of asgard we get more of the nature side as well so and the people who like the the everyday people Mm -hmm. the townsfolk of asgard so it's gonna be nice to visit asgard again absolutely uh but that's a podcast of a different color and a different day. Ooh, but yeah, it, like it. it has been fun talking Thor mm-hmm. with you. Uh, you you pretty much are a Norse god uh, yourself. You're, oh, just, you're hiding it. From you the are world. too, my friend. Hiding it. Thank you. Thank you. You're, we. Uh, I, I think all that's left to say is Heimdall opened the Bifrost. Um, nothing happened. Then the bullies are gonna get me. But uh, that has been Infinity Rewatch for today. That has been Thor. I'm so glad you all joined us to talk about Thor. The God of Thunder, how dare you touch the, <laughs> the son, son of Odin? Odin. Uh, where can people find you when you're not being the son of Odin? Uh, 
<laughs> you can find me on uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ryan R N G C, which is my gamer tag, Running Gun Crusader. Um, and uh, that's probably where you'll find me the most. Uh, putting in some more activity there. Uh, but you find me on the uh, Brother Scrim podcast as well. And also, I I have to say this: uh, you can find me on Mixer.com forward slash Xbox Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you can find me there too. Yeah. Uh, Anytime we do Star Wars, yeah. we need we need Fantasia. If you ever want to hear a good bashing of Star Killer, you come see you come that see was me. So <laughs> priceless. That was so savage. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm Andrew from things you know from Rebel Scum and from the Andrew Fantasia channel and from the the Mail Strip Club yeah. on Twenty uh, Second Street. Uh, and from Hollywood. And from Hollywood. That's right. Hollywood yeah. is the name of of the the talent agency that i work at but i can't seem to get work from uh that that's been infinity rewatch though thank you so much for listening to us we'll be back but until then have a marvelous day